Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. It's Money FM 89.3 TGIF. We have made it to Friday. The weekend is here. And today I'm joined in the studio by sports broadcaster Shazad Haq and the content producer at the Straits Times, Zia Ul Raushan. Gentlemen, I'm going to say this is the first time that I have both of you in the studio. So welcome. How hey, are we? Hey, very good to be here. Happy to be here, Adrian. Thank you so much for having us. And of course, there is no Premier League action this weekend, Ooh. which is unfortunate because just as <laughs> things are starting to get interesting, the international break has come and ruined the party. Now, there is a lot to talk about given COVID-19. And, but, the, but the main part I think we should talk about is the injuries that have emerged from the international break. First of all, we have the safety concerns of, is it safe to play? We had the incident where the Croatia captain, he played till halftime and he came off and he tested positive for COVID-19. And a lot of other players are actually contracting the virus during the international break, which is unfortunate. Shazad, what is your view of the international break, particularly during the pandemic? Should it happen? Total and utter waste of time. Uh, it is endangering the lives of players and probably everyone else uh, involved in these matches. I, for the life of me, cannot understand why they are so desperate to play these games. Yes, okay, I do get why. Uh, you know, some of these national associations need money. Um, there's got to be some kind of bailout system. There's got to be a way to help them without endangering lives. Domagoj Vida, the Croatia captain you talked about, first of all, the testing... They had uh, some tests earlier. His test result came out at half-time. I mean, that's ridiculous. What about all the players he came into contact with during the match? It's an absolute farce. The Croatia uh, Association actually needs to be taken against them. It's absolutely farcical, right? In an international bubble, it's very different from a, a club bubble when they go play in Europe. I mean, I'm not even sure they should necessarily be even playing in Europe right now. That, I mean, that is probably a bit more controversial, but... International bubbles are much more difficult. They're coming from all over the world or, or wherever they're playing, flying in, very hard to control. A club is run like a private company, right? And national associations are effectively government institutions, right? Very, very different, r- differently run. I've spoke to an organizer of uh, international matches in Austria, Japan and Korea are playing there in the next few days, right? Even he told me this shouldn't be happening in confidence, that it's a ridiculous situation that you are now, that there's so much that goes into, you've got broadcasters to think about, you have the officials in there. It's, it's a very, very hard thing to organize. And he doesn't even think that we should be having international matches right now. And he's organizing these games. Unless you are Scotland, who have qualified for Euro 2020, their first major tournament since 1998. I think that's the exceptions you're talking about, you know, if it's the Euros or... Uh, uh, no. I, I, You're still I'm, opposed no, to the view I, I that it why, shouldn't why happen. Why are we making people travel across continents, across borders? Europe is being ravaged by COVID right now. Asia is taking the lead and stopped all this, right? There are no matches on. So I don't actually understand why some Asian countries are traveling across to Europe. Fair enough. Okay, Japan and Korea, they're using locally based players in, in Europe. But I just think just, just take some time off. I mean, I don't like to agree with Shazad a whole lot, but on this one, I have no choice. I think he's spot on. Money shouldn't be running the game. The safety and the priority should be the safety of these players. So much traveling involved, so much cross-border movement. It's, it's, it's not necessary to have international football at the moment. It can take a back seat. And I like Shazad's point about international organizations being government organizations. They 
can take a back seat and let the clubs keep to their bubbles and mm. at least keep the COVID-19 bubbles in check. And that way we reduce the possibility of the spread. And now this takes us to our next point with the amount of injuries we've seen with the Premier League clubs. Of course, this year has been so different to the normal years because of the pandemic. And, you know, it's seriously taking its toll on the players because they have no time to rest. Of course, there is no winter break this season as well. And, you know, the managers have come out, particularly Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola. If you're the Liverpool manager right now with the amount of injuries you have, Virgil van Dijk potentially, you know, possibly out for the rest of the season, Trent Alexander-Arnold and now Joe Gomez as well. What would you be trying to say to the Premier League Chiefs? Because remember, they've already twice rejected this proposal of having five subs. The, the, the Premier League is the only league to actually go with the three subs as well. Yeah, once again, the uh, English Premier League likes to think it's a bit better or different from the rest. Um, they did the same thing with the transfer window a couple of seasons <laughs> yeah. ago, and then they've gone we'll have back. Our own on window. It. Oh, hold on, we've made a mistake. Exactly. So it's so unnecessary that they're trying to go contrary to everybody else across the continent and in Singapore as well. We got five substitutions in the Singapore Premier League. So why? I don't know. Why? I don't know any country actually right now that is sticking to this three sub rule. Uh, and what's bizarre is. The Premier League didn't want to take charge of it, right? They decided to put it to a vote. Uh, interesting that now they're suddenly more worried about the small clubs um, rather than, you know, the big six. Um, they can't, they're not consistent, are they, in, in that regard? But look, it is being brought up again. It is going to be heard out. Um, I think the Premier League should just take charge and make that decision. And it's not, I, I know the defence is smaller clubs feeling it's not fair to them. Well, it's already kind of not fair. I mean, everything is loaded against them, Rush, and I, I, I just feel like the small clubs in Germany, France, Spain are not complaining. Exactly. I think if everyone is willing to do it and put the players' safety and fatigue first, and then we should be all right. And everyone is a professional player. I don't care if you're on the bench for Liverpool or you're on the bench for Burnley. You should be expected to come on and do a job when you're exactly. called in as a substitute. So I, I, don't, I don't see why, why they're against it. And you did mention Burnley there. Of course, they are struggling in the league and they have not used all three substitutes in any of their seven matches to date. I think that speaks more about the Burnley squad than, than this whole situation, though. Where are they in the table again? Look, look Close to United, that much I can tell you. Definitely, United sitting comfortably, I think, in 14th the last time we checked. No, but look, you're not helping us. And also, by the way, Jürgen Klopp hasn't used all his substitutions in the Premier League. So, you know, uh, it, it sometimes doesn't quite help his case. You know, you, you should be, especially with an injury-ravaged squad like he's got, you should be rotating as much as you, as you can, uh, using up the substitutes as, as much as you can. I think there's a stat where only six clubs have used all three subs this season. I, I find that bizarre in a, in a season where injuries are, are rife, right? But on this point, I think Jürgen Klopp, he is complaining now, and yes, the injuries are piling up for him. But Virgil van Dijk got injured playing a game. I don't think his injury had anything to do with fatigue. Joe Gomez got injured training alone for England. So... Is fatigue really the issue or is it just bad luck? Nathan Aki as well, he got injured um, quite early in the Netherlands game against Spain. Now, it just goes to show that, you know, should the Premier League be doing more to protect its players? Because, of course, they should be. I mean, it's not just the uh, the main managers like Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well. He's kind of annoyed the fact that they had to play in Turkey midweek and then play the lunchtime kickoff. But they've been doing this for quite some time now. Well, okay, I think just to untangle that one a little bit, right? Um, yes, people play Thursday, uh, sorry, Wednesday, Saturday, or, or Thursday, Sunday. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is, you made us, not you made us, we flew overseas, 
and then we are playing first game on a on a Saturday, twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock games are never easy, right? It's just the the body adjustment, how they train. They don't normally train themselves to be ready to play at twelve, right? Normally you're playing at three or five in the UK, or even now seven. But their point is, we only got back to the UK on a Thursday. In Tottenham's uh, case, they got back to the UK on a Friday and played on a, on a Saturday, a Sunday lunchtime. So these guys have had very little time. Um, it's literally recovery. Yep. It, it, it is bizarre, but it's a TV thing. This is not a Premier League thing. Again, it's the broadcasters dictating exactly. the fixture list, which is the bigger issue. And yeah, to, to this point as well, money should not be dictating the game. It should be player safety first, players fatigue first, and then at least we can expect more from our teams whenever they go out. Now, as fans, of course, we want to see football all the time because we kind of had to live without it for quite some time earlier this year. And it does take its toll on the players, like we've mentioned earlier. So, you know, they did say that they're going to discuss it again. But Rich, uh, Richard Masters has said it's probably not going to happen. See, that's you could just step in and make that a mandate, right? They need 14 out of 20 votes to get this passed. The last time it was 11 now you've got David Moyes, I think, who's come in. That, that could be 12. You never know. There could be a few more. I don't even think it should go to a vote again. Right. I think the... Impose it. Yeah, just come in and say, this is what we're going to do because the stats show that players are getting more injured because of fatigue. Just, just to add to that, everyone in the Premier League has to submit a 25-man squad. Plus, plus. When I say plus, plus, it means you can add a lot of youth players. To that. players so yeah. everyone has almost 30-plus players in their squad. Okay. It is. You, you, what are you saying to the big six? Because it is aimed at the big six. Let's face it, right? Oh, you, you guys are, are, are just uh, making taking advantage of the fact you've got deeper squads. You all have the same number of players. It's whether you're, you think the players are good enough. And, and I think the point being made earlier by Rashan is, what are you trying to say about your depth players, about your squad players? Exactly. Don't do disservice to professional footballers who are a part of the full squad you submitted. They are all there to do a job and they should be given a, a chance to do it. And we did, we did say this last year, you know, Liverpool were, of course, cruising uh, for the majority of last season. We just said, if their back line, particularly Virgil van Dijk or mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alisson, if they did get injured, how far could this squad really go? Because if you consider their squad depth, it's not nearly as strong as some of the other clubs. You look at Manchester City or Chelsea now. You know, do you think that Liverpool, with their injuries, can they still retain the Premier League title? Look, they played what's generally accepted as the best or next best side in, in English football last weekend. They haven't right? played United. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> We're coming to them. Don't worry. We'll come to them. Uh, and it ended up one all, right? I mean, they could have lost it. it uh, the penalty miss, of course, by De Bruyne. But it wasn't a, wasn't a fantastic advertisement of football in the second half. There were some tired legs out there. Again, that's probably part of the impact that we're seeing, right? With, with, the, with the lack of, of substitutions. But neither team, I have to say, neither team, as a fan of another Big Six side, I wasn't looking at both these guys and both the teams and saying, oh, I, I fear them. I worry about them. I, I, I think these two are far and away the best two sides in English football right now. No side right now is streaks ahead of anyone else. I think that is great for the Premier League. And I think it bodes well. But to your point about Liverpool, they may be struggling in the league, but in the Champions League, three wins, three, yeah. three clean shits, yeah. and all of that done without Virgil van Dijk. So. And actually, they haven't lost since that 7-2. Exactly. So I'll give them credit. But now they are looking at youngsters like Williams and I think it's Phillips they're looking at. Yeah. Um, they've got some problems. They didn't get cover when they sold the world's best defender 
uh, day on Lovren in the summer. Let's be honest, January is going to come soon and I fully expect Jürgen Klopp to go out and buy a centre-back oh, yeah. to address that. It yeah. has to happen. They sold Ian Lovren without expecting any of these injuries to pile up the way it has, so fully expect them to go Which, which is a little strange, right? Because you've got to have some backup, really. I mean, they do have backup, it's just bad luck, really. Yeah. I, 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 look, as again, and I'm sure the Man U fans in the house here will agree, I'm not really... I'm, look, they had fantastic luck with injuries last year, as in they had no serious injuries problems last year. So it goes, you know, it goes, it goes around, right? Everyone has these the stages. So tough luck, Liverpool. You just got to deal with it, basically. And of course, now United's left back Luke Shaw is now injured. Alex Ellis has just recovered from COVID nineteen, so possibly could step in and do a job. But I feel that no conversation over here is complete without us talking about. You know, Manchester United, a little bit about Paul Pogba <laughs> and his outburst. Not his outburst, how he's got uh, Didier Deschamps to be almost a puppet for him. It's like every time he goes on international duty, something else comes up. I think the last time it said, oh, I want to play for Real Madrid. Now it's saying, oh, I'm not happy at Manchester United. I want to, I strive for you know, greater heights. Raushan, you're an expert on the matter. Paul Lebiel, <laughs> Pogba, what do you make of... Uh, Cue uh, the moan. Cue I mean, the moan now. Come on. I, I mean, I can, I, can, I can fully agree and see your point about Didier Deschamps coming out and protecting his player. But he gave Pogba the armband in the following game for France and France went on to lose that game. So I think mm. Pogba needs to do his talking mm. on the pitch. When he starts delivering on the pitch on a cons- consistent basis, I'll start taking the headline seriously. Till then, it's just fodder for me. Yes, it is. He just seems to like having a pop at United whenever he's on a break. I mean, I think that's uh, really quite unprofessional. You shouldn't be doing that. But is it in, in one year, out the other? Um, I, I think is effectively what you're saying. I, I think with Pogba, you're always go- with United plus with Pogba, you're always going to have these derailing headlines. So I but think you just got to... Is that right to you, Roshan? I mean, Anna, Adrian, I mean, you're both uh, Man U fans. Don't you find it a little bit destabilizing or just really disrespectful to the club I think in the day and age that we consume football via social media this is always going to be the issue everything Pogba says is going to be blown out of proportion and made into headline every loss that United have is going to cue the Ole out brigade so that's the world we live in unfortunately but you can mandate that right a club can say stop going on social media and saying that stuff or you're going to get sanctioned yeah, I mean, because I remember like the last time when, uh, when they came on the summer tour last year he went to Japan and pulled up a little um a little uh, you know, stunt. And when they did come to Singapore, of course, he wasn't allowed to be interviewed by us because of what he did. And so the, the club, of course, can tell him, you know, control, you know, sort of things. Because I remember Jesse Lingard as well. Solskjaer was quite annoyed when he pulled a couple of social media yeah. posts and so on. And I think clubs should take a stand. But someone like Pogba, I don't think he's going to listen. He's just going to carry on just how he is because that's just the person he is. He's not going to listen to anyone. Exactly. Quite honestly, I think Paul Pogba loves the headlines. So... It's, it's unsurprising <laughs> that he always says things to instigate himself to the back pages, the front of the back pages, if that makes sense. Yeah, that kind of player, just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I know he's, the commercial value he brings to any club is massive, right? But he's just becoming an albatross around the neck. And, and what I find bizarre is Manu just extended. They took the one-year option, didn't they? I mean, you have to, because if not, you're going to let him go for free, but... That's more financial than anything else. Adding value, adding some more value. But I think he's lost his value as well. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, you know, plenty to discuss in the coming weeks. Shazad, I've just been looking at the Premier League calendar. Tottenham taking on Man City next weekend. No fear. No fear. Of course, no fear. And, um, (laughs) yeah, hopefully they will be able to sort sort out this uh, five subs uh, rule because... 
it does have to come into play because otherwise squads aren't going to be able to compete like how they were doing last season. No, very quickly on that point, um, th- from a Tottenham point of view, this is the, the deepest squad that Spurs have, have ever had. You know, the, probably the best squad they've ever had. And come so, on, Jose. <laughs> thanks to Mr. Mourinho. But look, I, I want to see more guys get on the pitch and, and have a bit of a runaround because I don't want like I, I don't want to have them feel left out or only being playing the Europa League. So from from a selfish point of view as well, I do think that that we want to have that five sub rule as soon as possible, especially before City. I highly doubt that's going to happen before City. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's going to raining take till the New Year. Well, gentlemen, always a pleasure uh, talking to you about football and everything else happening around the world. And look forward to catching up with you next week, next week as well. Look forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Adrian. Cheers.